intro so nice, you play it twice. Welcome to show 135 of the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. How you guys doing? Hope everybody has all their fingers and toes after a wild July 4th. Let me let you know, Chief running fireworks at 1.35 in the morning last night. Thank you for that, by the way. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you listen to us on a podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Subscribe to our content. Leave a review. And you can find links to our social media, the podcast apps, and more in the YouTube description below if you're watching us on that platform. Uh, we're going to tell you how your subscriptions, reviews, and follows can help you win some Sharks goodies during our summer giveaway, just like Anthony and Jerry have already won. And we're going to announce a winner a little bit later in this show, along with how you can do it. So there you go. Gotta love it. Hey, you want to help support the content we deliver? Follow us on all those social media channels and use Venmo. To donate if you would like, or you can use the super chat option, but we prefer Venmo because who wants to give Google 30%? I think that's what I'm saying. So you can find us on Venmo at Tealtown USA. Any and all donations are certainly appreciated this time around. Oh boy, we're gonna talk about Evander Kane rumors. We're going to talk about some recent comments from Sharks president Jonathan Becker and some recent happenings in the league, including a 1-1 tie after two periods of Game 4 between Tampa and Montreal. But first, let's get into it and find out who Hockey Jerk is rooting for. And there he is. Well, I think we all knew. <laughs> yes, Literally uh, the only <laughs> thing keeping your your bracket afloat. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, oh, dude, mine, about... was, mine was blown up after the first round. Like I, It was like I took Minnesota and... You know, I, I took uh, I took Toronto and who who played Winnipeg in the first round? Edmonton, right? Edmonton. Dude, I got host. I think I got two out of the first like eight matchups. But go ahead. Well, I'll tell you this. It's not about the uh, it's not about the journey. It's about the destination. <laughs> and after it's all said and done, um, I said Tampa Bay Lightning um, were going to win the Stanley Cup and. The game's not over. The series not over. We still have games to play, so we're not there yet. We're not but there. Thank it's you, looking, you know, I I I might have gotten this one right. Um, and for reference as well, um, just because you know we do have a league here on Teal Town USA for the bracket challenge. I'm in first place. Hey now. Now that's not to say I'm the only genius, because Rob Iman, Felix, Kevin Lacey, they also picked Tampa Bay. But my total bracket was better than theirs. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, enjoy these final games on NBCS. Uh, yeah, thank you know, God. F you, Pierre. <laughs> and it's funny that we were kind of talking about this before we came on air is that, you know, this is the end of the whole NBC regime. Uh, we had... Uh, what did you say that initially the draft was going to be NBC, but they moved it to ESPN? Yeah, so I think the, and I'm just sort of assuming, sort of trying to play back the tape here. Uh, the draft, the entry draft and the expansion draft were supposed to be NBC's final televised event for the NHL. 
And I don't know what changed, um, but now ESPN is broadcasting both of those. Um, so, I mean, well, ESPN two, whatever. It's all under the family. It's all in the family. Or you know, if you if you have a computer with an internet connection, uh, whoever's broadcasting it, you can watch their feed. Fly Um, that pirate flag. (laughs) uh, I you know I think I've seen a lot of people. People who worked for that network, worked for other networks, you know, people of stature, we'll say, um, talking about... And then others like Brody Brazil. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, NBC's been a great partner over the last 16 years, and they've done a lot to help the NHL. And I'm kind of thinking back, and I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, you know, this is the same organization who, up until four years ago, showed, like two or three national games per week. It's like, how are you supposed to grow the game when nobody knows when your games are on and the games are barely on? Um, This is the same organization that put, you know, Western Conference final games on USA Network and the Golf Channel. (laughs) That's true. And and that's not to say that it has to be on, you know, NBC, you know, Channel 3 if you've got Comcast. but NBC proper. But at least put it on NBCSN. But if you're going to stash it on the USA Network, you know, that's not the mark of a good um, a good partner. And then just the well personnel that they I, – I, I, let me lay into them, and then the floor is yours. Okay. The, the personnel that they've kept, I mean, you know, I don't I – don't, you know, Pierre Maguire, I mean, there's been enough said about him, you know, the between, you know, yes. mansplaining and, you know – uh, Forgot about that you know, knob slobbing over stuff that I don't think a lot of people are really that into. Um, And, you know, Mike Milbury, Jeremy Roenick, you know, like... Uh, Who else has been fired? (laughs) Like, yeah, just the thing, like, you know, just because you've held the stick in your hand, I don't think that makes you qualified to talk about other people who hold the stick in their hand. That's just me. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think NBC has been a horrible partner per se, but to say that they've been a great partner, I, I got to disagree there. Well, look, <clears throat> if memory serves, it was on NBC's air when Jeremy Roenick called Patrick Marlowe gutless. I'm just saying. Correct. Uh, but the thing that I thought was funny is earlier today, there was some video tweeted out that Doc Emmerich uh, – was the voiceover from and it was kind of like look at all the things that nbc pioneered now you want to talk about like the whole behind the glass or between the glass or whatever the hell they want to call it sure absolutely enjoyed most of that for the most part you know like they might hear some some chirping they might come across some little tidbit of information so that part yeah i'll give it to you but the thing that was getting me it was like excuse me um like 16 years of this and blah 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 when we first started it was a you know you saw the beginnings of a a guy named Ovi and a kid named Sid and blah 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 and they're talking about that and I'm going I remember that being on OLN not NBC and they're talking about you know games would no longer end in a tie and I'm going yeah I remember seeing a lot of overtime games that went to a shootout on versus. <laughs> so I'm going, eh, you might want to at least acknowledge that, but well, whatever. so here's, here's the, but here's the thing. 
So for those who don't know, OLN and Versus were NBC affiliates, properties, you know, uh, the same way that USA Network is an NBC property. The problem with that is how are you supposed to tell everybody how great you are when not everyone knows how far your reach is? I know. And I, I didn't have a problem with them putting games on, like, say, USA. Only At because... least it's a channel everybody has. <laughs> exactly my point. It's a channel everybody gets. When they, like, started throwing stuff on Golf Network, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Our buddy Puck Guy saying the draft is scheduled for the same time as the Olympic opening ceremony. Uh, I don't have a problem. Oh, I, I don't have a problem with that. You know how boring the opening ceremony well, of the Olympics is? It's slightly less boring than the closing ceremony, which isn't saying much. So that's why um, that's why NBC is not doing the draft anymore. There you go. And, oh, and again, yeah. and another and another thing to go back to the NBC rant and then we can actually talk about something interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, we're just going to sit here and shit all over NBC. <laughs> like, you know, and, and the thing, NBC every year, they would always talk about, oh, it's NBC's championship season. They've got the Stanley Cup. They've got Formula One. They've uh, got the Kentucky Derby. And they got, might just happen to be hosting the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, they've got X and Y and Z. But the Stanley Cup and the NHL was always their, you know, that was their number one product and i've never seen a number one product treated like a number four (laughs) absolutely right and Uh, really quick i just want to interrupt sure uh this one is a stick tap to puck guy i know uh you know we tweeted out on the teal town usa account um let's see here of course we've tweeted too much so now it's fallen down a bit. We tweeted out at the Teal Town USA count on 6.03 p.m. that former Sharks Jay Leach might be going to Seattle as an assistant coach and confirmed at 7.01 p.m. by Ryan S. Clark uh, that is happening. So we Hey, we might know things. Yeah, so stick tap to... Uh, I don't see what? Shang and Pichelka and Kurz. <laughs> <laughs> I love those Just guys. Wanted to do a quick stick tap. Right. Thank you. So uh, we know where your bracket is. It's a lot better than a lot of other people. Still holding yeah. on. Still holding on. Again, uh, the uh, if you're with us live, uh, you know the third period has just started. Game is still tied, one-one. Uh, so anyway, let's move on. Uh, get into what the hell is happening after we've already burned 15 minutes bitching about NBC, who, hey, they're not doing it anymore, so does this mean that Eric Landy can stop bitching about them not being able to get off a doubleheader on a Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen. Uh, Frank Saravalli has reported that Evander Kane has worn out his welcome again. Now, Saravalli, he's not known for clickbait, uh, but he did just switch from TSN to the Daily Faceoff. Oh! Uh, anyway, uh, you likely don't work for TSN without knowing what you're talking about. So either way, Sarah Valley wrote sources indicate significant friction has built up between Kane and a number of the San Jose sharks last season frustration that was expressed clearly to management in exit interviews. Now I want to start here. I'm interested in the sources considering that Doug Wilson keeps everything so close to the vest. Now, that's not to say that 
a player or two didn't speak with Sarah Valley, you know, on background. Uh, the exit interviews with the media led some people to think that this might be hyperbolic. But I also remember more than a few times this season when Kane was involved in a, a melee, a skirmish, if you will, and didn't exactly see a lot of his teammates rushing to his aid. That said, we heard from the coaches during camp last January that they were very impressed with the way that Evander was helping the youth. Uh, and if memory serves, wasn't Jumbo the guy who like picked up Evander at like 1230 in the morning in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Sarah Valley, not known for hyperbole, but it does make you wonder if this is all kind of something that goes back to Pavelski not being with the team anymore because Kane got what he wanted and got his coin and there's Cookie and there maybe not enough crumbs left for Pavelski? I don't know. I, I mean... If, if the story is, is assumed to be true, which I think based on the fact that it is Frank Saravalli reporting it, I would say maybe there's some credence to it. But I just I, – I, I'm all for the players in question speaking their mind. And I, I, you know, I give full marks for being upfront and honest about what's going on. But at the same time, if I'm Doug Wilson, if I'm Bob Bugner, and you are Frederick Hendemark – and you're telling Ooh. me and you're telling me how much Evander Kane rubbed you the wrong way. Well, I'm sorry, we're not re-signing you because Evander Kane was our best player. Again, <laughs> I want to know who these sources were. <laughs> so, I'm kind of thinking like it must take a lot for the best player on the team last year to be a quote-unquote problem and you know, obviously you don't want to speculate because there's so little information that's actually known, but then your your mind kind of wanders like, okay, is Kane going around saying, come on, guys, I'm the only one doing anything, which I, I don't know or, that to be true. Or but... is Kane walking around the dressing room saying, hey, y'all got any uh, logs I can borrow? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Chief um, needs a loan. <laughs> I've, I've read that, you know, there could be some politics at play here, and, and I don't mean the, the colloquial term politics. I mean legitimate politics. Um, it's not a big secret that Evander Kane is very liberal, very, you know, pro civil rights, social justice, all that kind of stuff. And there's some Sharks players who are a little more on the conservative side. So well, we, we know uh, based on the likes of Kevin LeBanks Twitter, we Ray know Burns. based on the story that Logan Couture told last summer while he was in Canada. So it, it I, and again, there's I'm I'm not I'm not presenting this as true or anything but it, it i've seen it presented as a possibility and i use possibility very strongly um well and i mean it's been heard we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it but right. we're not saying that that is the end all be all but yeah, i just but i think when you get down to the to the you know to the to the pit of the cherry if you will um it's kind of hard to have anything negative to say about the guy who is your best player right i mean what could you say right. like you know if you're if you're yoel shellman and you're like yeah you know evander kane kept talking about how many goals he scored and it's like well how many did you score <laughs> i had my guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i feel you so it's again it's one of those things what i guess we'll see how it unfolds uh to rewind the clock about mm, seven minutes or so 
uh, Julio or Julio, depending on your location in the world. So, will the regional NBC network still broadcast the Sharks? Yes. Yes. Will they still be affiliated with NBC? Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. We talked about this a couple shows ago that NBC was looking to sell its regional sports networks. But look, there's going to be somebody who comes along and says, "Uh, wait a minute, you're going to tell me that we can broadcast the A's, the Giants, the Warriors, the Sharks? Yeah, that that's that's worth a couple of bucks, but you know the problem that the RSNs face is that aside from actually broadcasting the games, their ratings suck because they don't put in, they don't have any original content anymore. If you go back three, four, five, six years, you had things like what was it, Yahoo Sports Talk Live, where they would actually have a show every day, an hour long show where they would have. Guests from local sports talk radio, uh, journalists such as Kevin Kurz, uh, you'd get a lot of different, you know, kind of input. They put the kibosh on that. I don't know how long ago, not to mention, remember, uh, there used to be a little thing called shark bite and then shark central. And when was the last time you saw that? So. It seem it seems to me at this point it's doing the bare minimum to fulfill a contract. <laughs> it's doing the so it's like their website. It's doing the bare minimum. <laughs> like and, contractually. This is all yeah. we're regulated to do, so that's all we're going to do. Yeah, and and I kind of I remember we spoke about this, I don't even know, a long time ago, maybe a year ago, where you know, um a handful of the teams are on NBC Sports, you know, a handful of them were on Fox Sports, now Bally Sports. Um, a couple are on AT&T Sportsnet, and then Colorado is randomly by themselves on Rocky Mountain Sports. Or Altitude. Or whatever. Altitude, whatever their stupid channel is called. And so you have all these different RSNs, and I've, I've well, kind dude, of... dude, NESN, MSG? Yeah, exactly. And so I've kind of wondered, you know, what... It, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the NHL network as, as much as the next person, but... I've always felt like they could do more. What if the NHL network, you know, somehow or NHL, whoever runs the network, (laughs) you know, they basically bought up all the RSNs that broadcast NHL or just created their own channel. You can do that. And every all 32 teams are on, you know, NHL network Bay Area, NHL network Florida, NHL network. Northeast, NHL Network, Texas, whatever. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, if you have all 32 teams on the same regional sports network, I think it would it would create more NHL-centric content. I think it would also, you know, goose the numbers of the NHL Network, the sports package channel, because you have all the interconnectivity and, you know, shared broadcast rights, you well, know. Was it was it ESPN? I'm trying, uh, trying to think, but nothing happens. There was, at one point, I have very vivid memories of there being, like, if if you go to The Athletic now, right, there, you hit the little drop down where it has cities and it says, you know, Chicago or Bay Area or who, wherever, I very vivid, I, I just had this memory that, that at one point there was like a ESPN slash Bay Area 
ESPN slash Dallas, you know, and it would cover, you would go there and you want to hear about the Cowboys or the Texas Rangers or the Dallas stars or the Mavericks. That was where you would go. And that was a big thing for a hot minute. And we haven't seen that. How cool would that be if ESPN kind of took in those regional networks? So then you have ESPN Bay area, ESPN SoCal, you you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, if that was something that happened, I I don't remember, but that's kind of what I'm talking about, where you just have, you know, it's it's an NHL exclusive channel where it's like I said, NHL well, Network, but Bay see, Area. This, oh, but no, 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 not any. See, the, here's where I think you're you're off you're off your rails a little bit, <laughs> okay. because I don't think it needs to. I don't think it can survive NHL specific. I think it could be you would have ESPN take over these RSNs and just have ESPN Bay Area that they would broadcast. Sharks, Giants, A's, Warriors, whatever. So let me explain to you, uh, uh, we'll call it um, Schrodinger's regional sports coverage. (laughs) (laughs) Schrodinger's coverage. Um, You say an NHL-centric channel won't survive because there's not enough interest, but you could also say that there's not enough interest because there's not a big enough platform for the NHL to attract eyes. Yeah, but it, it's that idea of do you want to, you know, do you want one network to serve a, a pretty small niche of a market, even if you're the one that's providing them everything, or do you want a network, an actual, because this is not an NHL regional network, it is a regional sports network, so it's supposed to encompass everybody in that particular region. So, what you could do, and you know, I don't know who your cable provider is. Um, but when I lived in San Jose, I had Comcast, right. and there are a handful of channels between two and a hundred that are useless. You're telling me <laughs> you're telling me the NHL can't buy a channel? No, they'd have to be subsidized, just like how many, just like shopping networks and all the other low, you know. The, they all need to be subsidized by people like USA, TBS, TNT that actually get ratings for stuff. All those low... Th- Dude, I'm on DirecTV. Everything in the 500s, it's nothing but foreign language channels. I don't I don't need these things. I don't speak those languages, unfortunately. I wish I did. But fact of the matter is I'm paying for a bunch of channels. I'm subsidizing them even though I don't watch them. I just, I just go back to the whole thing is I, it, it, I think it needs to, it still needs to remain a regional sports network. We're going to need giants, A's, well, A's until they move to Vegas, but giants, (laughs) warriors, sharks, they need to be broadcast. That's, that's my thing. So I I don't think think it can be NHL specific. I, well, I'm, I'm not saying to totally have the NHL take over the regional sports network. I'm saying the NHL makes their own channel and pulls their respective teams off the regional sports network because, you know, NHL is a niche sport. And people at the NHL, they talk about wanting to grow the game, get more eyes on it, more fan interest. How are you supposed to do that? when it's buried by basketball, which is more popular, buried by baseball, which is more popular, buried by football, which is... I know, but what I'm saying is any market, you're going to look, Bay Area, um, Florida, 
New York, wherever you're going to look, you go to the average American and you say, hey, do you want to watch the San Jose Sharks versus the Vegas Golden Knights or do you want to watch the 49ers versus the Raiders? Pretty easy choice for the average American. Yeah. What I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that my idea is the right idea. <laughs> what I'm saying it's is the that right it, now idea. <laughs> what I'm saying is that if the NHL wants to grow the game as much as they claim to, they should do a better job at stopping their coverage from being buried. I would totally agree. Yeah. The other thing that I would add in with that as well is I would love to see the center ice package offer sports net feeds, Canadian feeds, Hell you know, yeah. that, I mean, how, how, I'm sorry, look, it's, I'm, I'm so, everybody knows I'm not an Emmerich fan. Thank God that ship has sailed, but I'm not a Pierre fan. Kenny Albert's done okay, but it just goes that the Sportsnet feed is just so leaps and bounds above NBC. Agreed. hundred percent. I'm watching the Sportsnet feed right now. See? And so that's my take is that. At the very least, if with Sports Center or any of those packages, it would be so nice if they would offer that as an option. Like I, I just want to have the Sportsnet feed. It's similar to oh, by the way, Montreal has just taken the lead. Um, but it would be so great to wow, see. What a shot. <laughs> it would be so great to see, similar to like they have the Red Zone with Football Sunday Ticket. Um, just an option that hey, I I I want to subscribe to Sportsnet. I I would totally pay like ten bucks a month to my bill if I could get Sportsnet. So I I think, I mean I don't know all the logistics of that of doing that having Canadian television be available in the U.S. and vice versa. But I do know for the COVID, you know obviously last season and then this season, you know the two COVID seasons, mm-hmm. um, the NHL's been doing what is what is called a world feed so nice. you have so you have one crew say sportsnet in canada or tsn in canada if it's a regional game and then in the u.s it's nbc or if it's regional you know it's maybe nbc or bally's or whoever your designated crew in a designated city filming and then any of the partner channels that picks up that game can use that same feed same camera angles microphones everything like that and you saw that in the uh, the game where Tampa Bay eliminated um, the New York Islanders. Oh. Um, I was watching the Sportsnet feed, but because they're using the world feed as opposed to NBC and Sportsnet each having their own crew there, Sportsnet was able to take NBC's audio of Brian Boucher interviewing Yanni Gord and put it on their own channel. Well, t- correct me if I'm wrong. TSN is essentially the Canadian version of ESPN, right? More or less, yeah. I mean, there's more logistics than that, but that's the blanket idea. Yeah, see, I just, again, I just, like, look, you and I, uh, it, few people are you are you going to find that fly their pirate flag higher than Jerk and myself. Sure. Um, I'd be willing to pay for it. Make it available. Yeah, and when I when I bring up the world feed, what I mean to do by that is... This could, and we've heard even outside of hockey, how many times have you heard, you know, of a specific concept? You know, we were going to get there in five to 10 years, but COVID got us there now. I wonder if COVID necessitating the use of a world feed 
is going to push the NHL to that point all the time. It's, it's just that idea. That, here's the thing, and, and, and then we have to move on. But my, my final thing is it, just, it drives me crazy that I can't pay an extra, you know, five bucks a month or ten bucks a month to say that I want to watch NBC or I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah, the, the, the major networks, NBC, CBS, ABC. I want to watch the New York feed of that. Or I want to watch the Chicago feed of that. Or I want to watch the L.A. feed of that. Like, essentially, like, the three biggest media markets. It pisses me off that I can't pay an extra couple of bucks a month and get access to those channels. Because I look on my DirecTV guide, and they're there. They're just blacked out because I'm in a market that has those channels locally. I would love to be able to have access to that stuff. You know, it's one of the things that you've seen as part of that. Remember, uh, like, award shows, Saturday Night Live, just recently started broadcasting it live across the United States when, you know, out here we always had to wait until 1130, even though the show had already aired three hours early. It's like, why do we have to wait? And Twitter, the internet broke that door down because it's like, oh, or YouTube, because people have watched it, already uploaded it, and it's still going to be another two hours before we see it on the West Coast. <laughs> so it's like, just make it global and and extend that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, look, we, we spent a little time on Evander Kane. Speaking of EK is our buddy Shang Peng over at San Jose Hockey Now. Recently had a breakdown of Eric Carlson and his impact on the Sharks. And a lot of his points have underscored what my issues with EK have been. Uh, to sum up that article, Shang said that EK is good offensively with moments of greatness while being a below-average defender, and that is not somebody you put in quote-unquote highest-paid defenseman in the world territory. So basically what I'm saying is for the next six years, uh, whenever EK65 screws up, it's going to be magnified on Twitter as it has been for the last couple of years because the bigger the contract, the bigger the, bigger the magnifying glass. But, Jerk, can the Sharks afford another subpar year from Carlson if playoffs are the end goal? No, they cannot. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, and look, I've... I I actually quite like Eric Carlson, generally speaking, as a player. But when you, the way I look at it is, if you're taking up, fourteen um, percent. Yeah, if you're taking up fourteen percent of the salary cap, you should be theoretically relied on for fourteen percent of the work in the regular season. I mean, the reason why players are paid differently is because they bring different things to the table, and. I, and, and, and again, I, I want to say, for those who maybe didn't hear me the first time, I actually quite like Eric Carlson. And I think he's a hell of a player for the Sharks to have. Breaking news, Tampa has tied it. Breaking news, I'm behind you. <laughs> uh, and, but I just saw it. Uh, you know, I lost my train of thought, but <laughs> it's I just, EK. EK. yeah, I just think I, you know, I, I actually quite like Eric Carlson and I like, I think it's cool that the sharks can say, yeah, we have a really good player on our team, but at the same time, and I've said this from, from the very beginning, go back to September, 2018. I said to AJ, 
I said to anybody who would listen, I said, we have Brent Burns on our team who is one year removed from winning the Norris Trophy for scoring a bunch of points. Why the hell are you bringing in another one when instead maybe you spend that money on a dynamic forward? I mean, mm-hmm. e- even even you know if you want to keep it local <laughs> fetch me that selkie winner over there yeah but like you think about how much maybe not for vegas but definitely for the sharks think about how different and how much better things would be if and again at the time 2018 vegas who needed a top one a number one defenseman at the time acquired eric carlson and the sharks acquired mark stone yes i think that would have been a better balance for both teams at the time. Now, obviously, Vegas got their guy in Alex Petrangelo, so kind of a moot point. But even then, if you want to expand it, Artemi Panarin was available. <sighs> if you were going to give up those pieces for a one-year swing at the ball, you know why not do it for, for a position you actually need? But that's not the point we're making. The point we're making <laughs> is that the Sharks have made their bed. They now need to lie in it. Whether or not you look at this roster and say, yes, they can make playoffs, no, they cannot make playoffs. The way they're built, they have to try to make playoffs. There's no let's take a year off. Even if it's, even if your team is Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Mark Vlasic, and then, you know, me, you, and Rocket to fill out the final top six, (laughs) we still have to try and make playoffs. Well, look. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, Jonathan Becker addressed the media. And you're talking about playoffs? Jonathan Becker, Sharks president, addressed the media this past week, shared a few tidbits of info. Let's hit these bullet point style One of the things he said was he expects no attendance limitations for next season that will eventually start a few months from now in October. Um, That's great news. I would, I would hope not. I went to a giants game. Uh, I think it, I'm trying to remember. I believe it was two days after they limited or they lifted all the restrictions for masks and when I was there, it was uh, it was about 50-50 around the concourses. He had half wearing masks, half not. Uh, out in the seats, it was probably more like 80-20, not wearing masks. But I just I feel like we're seeing it more and more today when I was out. Uh, my wife and I, we went and had lunch and ate indoors. And there's a few other tables that had people at it. No one's wearing masks. No one seems uncomfortable. We're all very like, yeah, double vaxxed, ret to go. So I don't see there being any limitations unless like, I don't know, they've talked about the Delta variant. I think if we get to like the zebra variant, then maybe something happens. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I feel like we're going to have a full bar. So let me, uh, and obviously um, Southern Nevada is much different than the Bay Area. But let me tell you something. Whip it out. I have, and and again, I'm, for those who are interested, uh, I've been fully vaccinated. I got both my shots. I've been fully vaccinated since April. So. How's your comfort level with wearing masks? So here's the thing. I haven't worn a mask in probably a month. There you go. (laughs) And you know what? I, as much as I, you know, I, 
I'm I definitely believe COVID exists. I believe in all of the precautions, everything that's happened in the last eighteen months, I support it hundred percent. You believe in science, right? But you know, I, and I've made the joke. It seems like COVID is over in Las Vegas, but it you know it legitimately does. And I was I was very nervous at first. You know, I would I had my mask around my face, but it was below my chin, and then if somebody got too close to me, I would pull it up. And lately, I've just been not wearing it at all. And you know what? It's I feel comfortable. Everybody, you know, even though there's no masks, <laughs> even though there's no masks, you know, people are still generally following social distance, even though it's not required anymore. I think mm-hmm. COVID helped a lot of people realize, like, hey, maybe we're standing a little too close together to yes. strangers. Yes, um, absolutely. And it it makes me wonder. I've you know I haven't been in, I I was inside SAP a couple weeks ago for the equipment sale, but I did not visit their restrooms it makes me wonder if those partitions between the the gentleman's urinals i don't know if those have been extended at all but it wouldn't surprise me if they have been me you know what um i would say probably not just because they haven't had an event there in forever i mean yeah the equipment sale but you know i don't but, know it's, it's just something that i consider because I just think about uh, you know I, I can rewind my memory back to like march of 2020 and it's I just giggle because all the years that I've been going to games there and you go into, you know, into the men's lavatory for, uh, dude, it's a gong show. Well, that it's just tons of people just waiting for, you know, somebody to stop taking a leak so they can get in on that urinal. And there's like three, there's a hundred people waiting to take a piss, three people washing their hands. (laughs) And then COVID, the, the Rona came out and dude, it was like four people taking a leak and 200 people washing their hands. I mean, hysterical. I'm just, I mean, you know what? You, you've you been to the SAP Center bathrooms many times, as have I. I think if you've used one of those bathrooms at a Sharks game, I don't think you need to worry about what's in the vaccine. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, you got, like you said. Your immune like, system is A-OK. Yeah, there's like 100 urinals in there, and they're all being used. You go to the sink to wash your hands, and the entire counter is covered in like a foot of water. You know, the <laughs> paper towel dispenser is busted open. You know, yeah. uh, like six out of ten guys at the urinal blow ass on the way out. Like... <laughs> Fucking it's, animals going to sharks games. That's what I'm saying. It's it's <sighs> it's literally like, of you would I, like they may have to make a new vaccine after it's all said and done. <laughs> like, <laughs> point uh, being to get back to the main point, I've been to I went to a Henderson Silver Knights game. I went to a Las Vegas Aviators game. Yes, baseball, shocking. No mask, no capacity caps. No social distancing requirements. And I, I felt good. You know, I've been fully vaccinated since April. Um, I was going to say, that's it. within like a week or so of being fully vaccinated, well, because it's that whole thing of the two-week window after the second dose, right? Correct. You have to I'm still tell- play by the rules for two weeks after. Yeah, and I'm telling you, once I hit that two-week limit, in fact, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, two weeks literally to the, well, not totally to the day, uh, <laughs> but damn close, uh, 13 days after my second dose, went over to a buddy's house who was having, uh, you know, a little barbecue out back and little, little game day and just having fun seeing people that I hadn't seen in a year and a half. 
and there was, I don't know, probably like 14 of us felt complete, you know, all the hugs, all the touches, everybody was double vaxxed. I was like literally the one guy who had one more day to go, you know, but everybody else was all over the four, 14 day limit and we all felt very comfortable. So, and, and how far we've come because, you know, I was in San Jose last Thanksgiving. I went over to your house. I wore my mask inside your house. You know, how far yes. we've come, right? Fucking A. Uh, let's move on to the next one because, God damn, we are running late. <laughs> four you know pa- what, though? Four we page even... rundown. We've just gotten into page two. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? We haven't done a show in what feels like forever. So I think we, you know, the people were asking for it. That's true. Uh, and Pilata's leaking. Oh, man down. Yeah. With a minute left. Sell it. Sell it. <laughs> Sell it. Get that power play. End it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Man, could you imagine that if Tampa's like, oh, overtime? Okay, watch this. Bang. Last minute goal. <laughs> oh, we And we also have a guy on our team who's known for scoring a pretty key goal in overtime. <laughs> no, I, Tampa Bay's got a double minor coming here. I would just put like – Dude, oh, Goodrow, man. four minutes. <laughs> Dude, what a, what a high stick. That's brutal. I would just – you know, if I'm John Cooper, you got a minute left, double minor power play. I would put like five forwards out, or sorry, four forwards out there, and Victor Hedman. I'd do like Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, whoever, and just say, "Fucking light them up." You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, big time! And by the way, uh, for those of you who know, uh, I think Mitch Amaya has already bought that jersey that he leaked on. But anyway, um, season ticket renewals are down a little bit from the normal average, as told by Jonathan Becker. Is this a cause of the pandemic? Is this a cause of missing the playoffs for two straight seasons with a roadmap to being competitive, not kind of around? Uh, As Drake likes to say, I say two things can be true. Yeah, and really quick, Tampa Bay did exactly what I said. Stamkos point, <laughs> Stamkos point, Kucherov, Sorelli, and Hedman on the ice for this four-minute power play. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like COVID obviously hurt things a lot. You know, um, as much as we feel good about going out and about in a post-vaccinated world, there's some people that don't feel good, and that's okay. That's that's totally okay. So you have a lot of that. As you said, the Sharks have been historically awful the last two years that cannot be understated enough but the sharks they also have this habit of like raising their prices when they probably shouldn't um i would agree i think that certainly doesn't help so i you know i you say season ticket sales are down. I say, have you looked at how the last three years have gone? Mm-hmm. doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Yes. Well, Jonathan Becker also stating that the uh, Sharks, well, I guess it's kind of like the Shark Sports and Entertainment, of course, but lost an extraordinarily large amount of money during the pandemic. Big shocker. Uh, but remember, they not only did miss revenue from having no fans in the few games that they played where they did, but also all those games where they were allowed no fans whatsoever. Uh, But they didn't do mass layoffs. They didn't furlough people. They also spent hundreds of thousands doing upgrades to the arena, of course, like the new escalators, and, and that's a pittance compared to ripping out the floor of the arena for a whole new ice plant system, which we'll talk about a little bit more in depth in a second 
But of course, the money that it took to give fanatics the Spanish archer. <laughs> Elbow, get out. <laughs> and for those of you watching live, of course, it's going to overtime. So they did. I mean, they lost a lot of money, but, th you know, hey, Uncle Hasso threw down the, the black Amex and been like, got it, bet, no problem. And, Which and is, really and, and, and who was it? During the the beginning of COVID, because you were laying into, I want to say, was it New Jersey that you were just fucking flambaying for totally screwing over their employees? Uh, it was Calgary and it was Boston. Oh yeah, you're right, Boston. Boston's the one that I remember. I don't know why I had New Jersey on the brain, but and the, and and that's the thing, like nobody, like you know, we go back to that time and you can kind of compare it to now. Nobody here is saying that you know, you need to fork over all this cash and, and do all this extra shit. But like at the very least, like, Hey, this unprecedented situation has totally disrupted the status quo. We should be a little more flexible at least. And, you know, Hassel Plattner, the sharks and everybody, you know, there, they, they were exactly that. And yeah, like, again, this is another, thing that I quite like about Hassel Plattner owning the team is say what you want about where the team is at but you know whatever it costs like right <laughs> but you know no matter what like and people say Hassel doesn't care or you know he, he can't be bothered to show up but it's like if he didn't care about the team he wouldn't he wouldn't pay for literally anything that was asked for yep because Absolutely. he would have literally bought me and Eric lunch one day <laughs> Are you talking about Hassel Planner? Yeah. Oh, in, in, a, in, in, a, in a round of way speaking, but yes. Yeah. You know what? You could leave that middle part out. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing. You say, hey, um, our revenue stream is totally cut off. We got no money coming in. We got money coming out. Up do, you still wazoo, wanna, right? do you still want to pay for these, these unnecessary um, cosmetic changes? And Hasso said, tell me where to sign. I know. And, you know? And, and regarding the shark's eyes, here's the part that, that, that gets me, that they ripped out the floor and a whole new plant, is Becker said, the reviews from the people that matter the most, of course, being the hockey players, he said they were positive. Uh, I think based on the dehumidification system that they put in a few years ago and now the new ice-making you know, option... Uh, the larger pipes underneath the foundation. I think we have top-tier ice. After-game reports and pre-game reports we see from the NHL su suggest we're in really good shape. Um, I'd like to know which players Becker was speaking with. I'm not saying that he's lying by any stretch, not so ever. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that specifically, I remember in post-games, we remember that the Sharks played like all of January in Arizona. It took them forever to play a home game at SAP. And after a few games at SAP, Logan was asked, you know, have you, have you seen a difference in the ice? Because they ripped it all out and there's no human bodies. You know, there's not 17,500 people. Well, let's be honest, there hasn't been Mouth that number years. in a few years. But, you know, there's not, you know, thousands of people in the building anymore. So that cuts down on heat and all of that. Have you noticed a difference in the ice? And he said, no, not really. 
And that just makes me, you know, you find that comment a little distressing when it's like, we've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it better. There's no fans in the building to turn up the heat. And you don't think the ice was any better than what it was a year and a half ago? Yikes. So I'll say a couple things. So obviously there's a lot of other elements to maintaining the ice that go into it. Obviously, if it rains, that changes the process. If the big roll-up door that points out to the back of the arena is left open too long, that (laughs) that changes the process. If the door, if the doors in the upper deck that go, um, that, that bring in sunlight are left open too long, it changes the process. All that said, you've made all these very costly changes. And I'm not saying that the money spent was wasted. And I kind of said this back in 2016 as well, but I just don't maybe know you that need... it had the impact that you hoped for. Maybe, well, maybe you need to take a step back and think, okay, let's take a look at the crew, not the technology, the crew, because I remember, because I remember being at the Sharks game. And for those who don't know, after they Zamboni the ice, the ice crew has to come out and drill holes into the ice and then suction the water out. So the net pegs can sit in there and I've seen it happen. And I know that the, this crew is still there because I've been to a game in the last year and a half. And I when I you. and when I saw this, this happened like four years ago. Like Jeez. this crew, they're sliding out there. They, you know, they're suctioning out the the holes for the net pegs. Guy dropped his sponge in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, and you <sighs> see, and you see stuff like that happen all the time. You know, and so it, it just I would, and that's not to say that they're a bad crew. Maybe it was just a one, one hit, you know, one off, but. I, it, you've upgraded all the technology. They've tried to keep those doors closed. Michael knows what I'm talking about. They've tried to keep those doors closed. They've tried to, you know, do whatever they can. Maybe you need to look at the crew at this point. Yeah, I would agree. And a uh, quick one from the chat, which I think is just hysterical. Will tickets be a lot cheaper now? No. Keep dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> when have you ever seen ticket prices come down? They don't. <laughs> they might be frozen for a couple of years. Will they ever come down? No. That's what the uh, you know the tertiary ticket market is for. Oh, I know words. <laughs> so let's get to the big one, of course, that Becker talked about on the idea of a rebuild. Becker said, It would be hard for me to sell a three-year season ticket plan to somebody and say, we plan not to be good for the next three or four years. It (laughs) just doesn't feel right to me, and I think it would be hard in this market. Okay, that's that's fine. Uh, But what do you tell the informed fan, you know, that's been a season ticket holder for over a decade and actually believes a rebuild is what is needed for this team the most? And if the Sharks miss the playoffs for two of the next three seasons... Wouldn't a rebuild have been proven to be the right way to go anyway? Like, I get that you don't want to scare potential season ticket holders with the word rebuild, but at least it tells people there's a plan in place rather than limping along, hoping to sneak into a playoff spot that you'd have no shot at if the division you play in didn't suck so hard. And <laughs> and if the plan of rebuilding pays off, 
Aren't you going to make that money up on the back end because of all those extra playoff games when all the prices goes up? Like, you know, missing the playoffs over the last couple of years has to eat into that pocketbook just to scotch. And before I throw it a jerk, I just want to throw a couple comments up about this, which I just think were hysterical from The Athletic. Frank going, it's hard for me to sell a three-year t- season ticket plan. I know what he's trying to say. And it might look worse on the page, but that is comically tone deaf. Newsflash, no one cares how hard it is for you to sell tickets. (laughs) Which I thought at that point when I read that comment, I actually thought that Frank G was a burner account for Hockey Jerk. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, Chris saying, I think it's less a reluctance to face reality as it is a reluctance to admit how badly Doug Wilson has screwed the pooch. Management can't be that blind to how big of a dumpster fire the Sharks have become. The fact that Doug continues to spout this nonsense about the team only needing a retool to become contenders again is at best disingenuous, at worst insulting to the fan base. And I I have to agree, when I hear these things coming from Doug that if we just get a goaltender and a third-line center, we'll be fine. I'm going, what?! Like you don't I, even you don't even have a top fucking six. You have a top four, and you're talking about a third line center and a goalie, and well, that's I, that's going to be the thing that unlocks your path to the cup. Come on, I'm not. Uh, oh jeez, I mean, I'm sorry. It's a, like I didn't mean to lose it there for a second, but no, it's just gonna... we've been hearing this for this long. We we heard about how. Two years ago, well, we expected these guys to take a step forward. They didn't take a step forward. But this year, it's going to be... Dude, we're not the fucking New York Mets, where it's every... Well, this is going to be the year that they've been saying for 30 years. Like, dude, acknowledge reality. This is like Curtis Brown syndrome. It's like, I understand you want to sell tickets, but at least if you sit there and go, yes, this team needs a rebuild. We're, we're going to have to suck for a couple of years in order to get to where we want to be. At least when Doug Wilson in 2015 said, we need to take a step back to take two step forwards. He didn't say that, you know, he didn't say rebuild. It was a reset, retool, re this, re that. He wouldn't say that. But what he did when he said that, What did they do the following year? They went to the final for the first time ever, so it paid off. My point being is, like, if you can at least be a little bit honest with the fan base, I think they would support you. Well, and 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 it's all it's all about money because they say, oh yeah, well you know we're not going to be able to sell season tickets um, as well as we have in the past. Well, you know what? You know who's going to buy up those tickets? fans who don't want a ticket package that still care to go see the game how many times like and i've had this too you know how many times do you you go on a tertiary market and say i got words and you say wow the only tickets available to this game are season tickets holders who are reselling their tickets at double the value and (laughs) and not getting anywhere near that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I think that I think those ticket sales would be picked up elsewhere by by your ten pack holders, by your average Joe fans who just want to catch a game on a random Thursday. You know, it's I mean I understand season tickets they get you the most money, but I'll tell you what you know, <laughs> I obviously making money is good, but you know, if you're talking about fleecing out the whiners, 
Um, Hold on, making know, money is good? Is is that what they say? Yes, but, you know, season ticket holders, in my experience, are generally much more whiners than, you know, non-season ticket holders, but <laughs> Do whatever. you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> and to go back to what you said, do I think, I think, you know, ugh, it's hard for me to sit here and tell you that the Sharks are only a retool away from being a good team again, but I could see it. And that's not to say that it will happen, but I'm saying it could happen. You know what I mean? If you get a average goalie, if you get a better bottom six, if your top guys step up. <laughs> All at the be, same time. Which is, <laughs> you know, you can be a better team. And I think the reason why Doug Wilson is so against using the word rebuild is because I, and maybe he needs to change his, his play here, but I think a lot of it is, you know, trying to kick the, the big guy, the big guys in the ass. And and I'm for that, but it's like, I hear, okay. So for shits and giggles, let's say that the big money guys, you know, your Kane, your hurdle, your couture, your Meyer, they all step up. Okay. That's, that's four. What if Barabanov or Balsers, you know, both those guys, LeBanc, all dive off a cliff next year? Like, you can't, you know, like sitting, well, if everybody plays their best, <laughs> it just, it came off really tone deaf to me. But, you know, or, but, uh, or I shouldn't uh, say tone deaf, but just like a complete delusional sounds like a better descriptor. So I'll say this, though, like, nothing is. Nothing is guaranteed. Like you're saying, you know, oh, if LeBanc is better, if Timo Meyer is better, if Barabanov or Balsers, you know, or Noah Gregor, whoever step up. Like, yes, but that's the thing. And I got into a discussion with this, a similar topic recently, but it's like, you know, if if you only filled your team with players who were guaranteed to be good, you would have no team. No, I get that. But you know, but you and, get and what I'm saying. It's that you know, like, like counting on everybody to essentially play to their money or exceed it, and not make any allowance for somebody who's going to have a down year because everybody has a down year. Statistically, yeah, it it's proven. Yes. But what I'm what I'm saying is like, you know, there there are dumb dumbs on uh, the internet who will sit here and say, well. Timo Meyer has proven that he can't be a 30 goal scorer. It's like, really? Because no, he's done it before. Yeah, I was so, gonna say, no, that's that that would be statistically yeah. incorrect. Oh, Kevin LeBanc, <laughs> you know, Kevin LeBanc has played himself off the team. He has he because he was on pace to tie his career high in goals this year. And yeah. a lot of his goals were high value goals. Oh, so, module, module mention. It, Watch out. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> that's it's like a, and even, you know, Connor McDavid. Connor nope. McDavid is the Connor McDavid's the best player in the world, maybe the best player ever. <laughs> but everybody's got to, somebody's got to be a hero. But what I'm saying is you're still hoping and expecting that he has a good year. Like I said, yeah. if you filled if you filled out your team with guarantees, you'd have no team. And so you sit here and say, "Oh man, you know, we got to hope that Kevin LeBanc has a good year." It's like, "Well, yeah, you got to hope that any player has a good year." Yeah, like, no kidding. And it's and and this is the thing that burns me up. I'm not done talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing that burns me up is 
and and I'm not really calling out anybody in this chat, or am I? Um, but it's like Do the it, sharks. Have, the sharks <laughs> have been so successful, generally speaking, in their history. I mean, obviously, no Stanley Cups, but they've been in the fight yes. more often than they haven't been. Agreed. And I think that level of success, I think, has gotten into people's heads where now it's like anytime something bad happens. <laughs> Blow it like, up. Anytime something bad happens, like they act like this is the first time anybody has or this has ever happened. And and this goes back to all the big contracts are signed. I know you say with the benefit of hindsight, they don't look good. And you're right. But, you you know, in 2017, did did Doug Wilson have a, a a fucking DeLorean time machine or a crystal ball to see what 2021 would look like? No way. Like, you know, the the thing that I always say is, oh, you want to be a good team? How dare you sign your good players? Like, no, I feel you. And and, and Alex making and I, a solid point about the whole missing, you know, the playoffs in 2015 is that they signed Martin Ward, got Jones during that off season, who you know for those first two years was good. But well, and that's and that's the thing is the Sharks set themselves to be able to do that because they threw overboard all of their unnecessary but, salary cap. But here's the thing: he announced it. He said, "We're going to take a step backward." in order to take a step forward. He's not saying that now. And well, no, I, the reason being is because he straight up set, told season ticket holders during a State of the Sharks thing uh, two seasons ago is we cannot afford to be a rebuild team. Yeah, because the stupid people will stop paying money. Yeah. It's, and I, mean, if and I don't if get that. I, I would get that if it was 1997, 1998, when fans – and see, that's the funny thing – is that it those those two ideals kind of diametrically oppose each other because when they did suck in 96 and 97 the barn was still sold out because the honeymoon was still on fans were insanely loyal to this team they didn't care they were just so happy to have their own team they didn't care but now there's, you know, he's saying, well, fans won't won't tolerate that. It'll be uh, too economically impactful on this team. And I'm going, wait a minute, this isn't the mid '90s where you had a largely ignorant fan base. You know, I'm 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 not casting. What do you mean? We still do. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not casting aspersions, but you had. You know, whenever the Sharks had the the puck on the power play, they could be in the defensive zone. You've still got 18,000 people going, shoot! Dude, that still happens. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, is that going over to game, or going to games over the last 10 years, it's the amount of people sitting next to me trying to explain to the person next to them what icing is has gone down dramatically. Like, I'll tell you, let fans me say this. are a little more educated. Let me tell you this. If the Sharks... Were the next year, let's just say, man, Tampa's really pushing here. Uh, <laughs> if let's just say the Sharks didn't are the thirty second team out of thirty two, right? If you come to me and said, "Hey, the Sharks are the worst team in the league," here's my season ticket package. I'm still going to every game because I'm a fan and I care. Sure. So to say it would hurt us economically. I think is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's not going to hurt you economically long term. You're not going to get that big cookie up front. 
You're yep. going to get little, you're going to get crumbs as the season goes on. And I'm sure you feel the same way. The Sharks could be absolutely dog shit next year. You would still <laughs> want to go to games because you are a fan and you care. Exactly. But here's, but here's my point, and then we'll move on, is would I be more comfortable going to games over the next two years knowing that this team is going to be dog shit in order to make the next step to get back to being very competitive, getting to the third round, getting to another final, or am I that fan that's just kind of like, oh, I'm just so happy to be in the first round? Well, you know, you know what? and getting it, bounced it, in five. It's like it's like I said earlier, though. You know, whether or not you think this roster is good, or if you if you think this roster is good, if you think this roster is bad, regardless of how you feel, it's bad. Sure, that's your opinion, and you're entitled to it. But whether you think it's good or bad or okay, it's still built to compete for the playoffs. They have to. They don't have another choice. Built to complete to get to the playoffs or to actually excel in the playoffs? I would say excel. Mm, current squad? I would disagree. Really? Because you have four 30-goal scorers in your top six. So what you, team are you, you watching? You you have four players instead of six players in the top six. Okay, but you don't need a, a top six stacked with 30-goal scorers. You need three or four, and then you need guys who will... Pick up the loose change. Hello, Balsers. Hello, Barabanov. I mean, look, okay, Tampa Bay Lightning are a prime example. Nikita the Kut fact that Barabanov is in the top six, and it's not to to talk shit about Barabanov because – No, he, I think it is. He, pro <laughs> he proved in his small sample size that he was here is that he can do some things. But the fact of the matter is like you didn't have a guy on your roster already for that? Really? I don't know. I just think, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this team is going to make the Western Conference final next year. But I'll say I said it last year. I'll say it this year. If the Sharks make the made the playoffs, I would not uh, be surprised. Montreal has won. Uh, the game is still delayed for me. Oh, Mon two on one. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. Oh, who is that? <laughs> So Josh Anderson, there you Montreal go. has made it a K just a coach interesting. The sweep has been avoided. Thank God Montreal won one game at home. So there we go. And so with that, because we were kind of interested, like, is the cup going to be handed out tonight while we're doing the show? No. In fact, Montreal has another day to die, and that day will be on Wednesday. And I want to let you know that if you can't get enough of Hockey Jerk talking for two hours tonight, you can hear it again on Wednesday when he's on <laughs> <laughs> with Ian and Teal Tinted Glasses. And that will also be taking place during the game. So there you go. Game five, Wednesday. Booyah. Um, let me move on here. Just a, kind of a lateral move. NHL Radio recently did their State of the Sharks because, you know, as the season is completely wrapping up, every day they're doing a different kind of wrap-up. Coolius and Rupp said the Sharks will miss the playoffs next year. And I don't disagree with them, to be honest with you. Uh, I think if we get back to our normal conferences and divisions and everybody's 8-8-8-8 because Seattle's back in, Arizona moves – uh, look, I don't know about you, but my top three, it's 
I would, you know, I'm, I'm putting the money down on Vegas, Edmonton, and either Vancouver or L.A. as my top four. Okay. I just, I don't, you know, and, and that's the whole thing is that's saying that without even seeing what happens with Seattle. We could see Seattle go, holy crap, Vegas, hold my beer. Like Seattle could pull out some ridiculous stuff and slide into a four spot or a three spot. Or how great would it be to see Seattle win the division next year just to, as a <laughs> huge middle finger to Vegas, right? <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, I, don't, I just think, I don't know, going back to that topic, like, okay, will, will they, the Sharks, the Sharks, the Sharks will probably miss the playoffs next year. Well, let but, me tell you, let me tell you the whole quote. Okay. Cooley has said, I don't see how they get out of this, meaning the Sharks. I would rather be Seattle right now than San Jose. There is just too much money tied up quote. in too much term. That is, that, I'm sorry, that's a stupid quote. Oh, yeah, you know who? You know who else would rather be a team that they can build from the ground up? Everybody. That's a dumb quote. Well, you've you've got Couture, you've got Kane, you've got Carlson, you've got Burns. Like you have some talent on this team. Would you rather have proven talent? Or would you rather be like, nope, starting from the ground up, and maybe I get a deep, some decent pieces, maybe I don't. But I feel like my shot at making the playoffs is the unknown versus the known. See, but the what I when I, what I mean to say that though is this this friend of yours, you know, is is saying friend of oh, me. I'd rather be this team that doesn't even have a team yet, and it's like that's. Like he, that's, he just, dude, he's, that's he's really act, but, blowing but the act, sharks out of the water. But he's acting like this is some kind of expert, like, or, you know, some kind of hot take. And it's like, no, I think most people would generally quite enjoy building a team from the ground up. Like, but know. I, but the bigger point is, is the sharks won't make the playoffs next year. It would be the first time in franchise history. They'd missed three years in a row. Does well, that I mean, finally make Wilson's seat a little warm? Well, like I, like I said, the Sharks will probably miss the playoffs next year, but I don't think it's for sure. I mean, there's still there's still good players on this team. You need, I mean, Doug there, Wilson. Doug there's Wilson good is, players on this team. I would say, based on recent history, I, I would, I dude, I literally would bet a thousand dollars right now that the Sharks will miss the playoffs next season with the Vegas the way they've been Edmonton I think Vancouver bounces back I think the ascendance of LA I think their pipeline is maturing faster than they expected to those are my top four next year would you like to have a would you like to have a gentleman's bet about that absolutely okay we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll, this offline yeah we'll get into the minutiae of it but yeah like I said, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you they will make the playoffs. I and will, and I Seattle's will, a wild card, so I I'm not going to say they will make the playoffs, but to say that they absolutely can't, I think is. I, I, I didn't it, say that they can't. I said that I'm they not saying won't. you. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you did. Oh, okay. But there are people out there who are saying that they absolutely cannot, and I think that's irresponsible, no, and no, I think that's dude, ignorant. Anaheim can make the playoffs. Will they? No. If you're if you're one of the 32 teams in the NHL, you can make the playoffs. Just you know, it's, membership has its privileges. Like you have the option to get there. Will you? 
based on your roster and coaching and everything, all the things that go into it? You know, right now I would bet that the Sharks will not. Well, what I what I mean to say is that if the Sharks made the playoffs next year, I wouldn't be surprised. See, That's and I, I and I would. Okay. I would be surprised. All right. Um, so look, <laughs> based on that then, Becker saying uh on on if Hasso uh, ties in beautifully. If Plotner expects the Sharks to make the playoffs next year, he said, I don't want to speak on behalf of the boss, but I'm confident that he would say he expects expects us to make the playoffs. So I guess we'll find out if anything changes if the Sharks do, in fact, miss the playoffs for the third straight season for the first time in franchise history. And if the Sharks do miss for the third straight season, at that point, I'm not even talking about a hot seat. Is it time for Wilson to go? Because this is all on him. The contracts he's doled out. Is it worrisome? Is it delusional to hear that he thinks the Sharks are a goalie and a third-line center away from challenging for a cup? I'm not talking about getting to the playoffs. Challenging for a cup were the words he used. I don't think they're only a goalie and a third line center away, but I certainly think those are the two places that they should start. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you, if so you like a new a, equipment guy is like not going to make the difference. <laughs> but I'm saying, and, and this is, if you want a, maybe I can help you see the light from my perspective here. So what is encouraging to me is, <laughs> <laughs> What is encouraging to me is that Doug Wilson came out and he didn't refer to him by name, but he more or less said, Martin Jones is not cutting it for us. Finally. And he seemed to be the last one on the block to say those words. And when I bring that up, it's because that's, it takes a lot to say, it takes a lot to say that your goalie sucks. Your starting goalie, who oh. had <laughs> who has three years under contract at a sizable ticket, to say that he's not cutting it, that takes some pretty big ones. And how I interpret that is if you're willing to disrupt the status quo that much, I'm not saying that his his plan for the team is right, but at least it's a plan. And and again, going back to what I said earlier, season ticket holders, at least if they have the idea that there's a plan in place, they might be a little more amenable to saying, yeah, I, I'm going to re-up because I believe I'm, I'm, I'm ready no. to go here. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, so I'm, unfortunately I'm going to have to – I'm going to have to quadruple down on my season ticket holder rant. Dude, <laughs> Martin Jones could start – If how many games did Martin Jones start – uh, this year, really quick, let's check the stats 40, on this 40 piece of shit. Something. He started 34 games last year. God, it was only 34. And he actually, you know what? I, Hold on. To prove my started 34. If if memory serves, pulled in at least six, maybe eight. Okay. Regardless, I'll here. I'll break it down for you even more. Martin Jones faced 980 shots last year. He could have let. All 980 shots in, and season ticket holders would still say, 
but 2016. <laughs> Do you see my point? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you. I just think it's it, it's just so silly because we talked about this a few pucknologists ago where we threw up the stats and it's like, he needs to be more consistent. And it's like, bitch, he's thrown up a fucking 899 for the last three straight years. Like, you can't get any more consistent. Yeah, he's literally he's literally the the brand rep for consistency. <laughs> no kidding. Like, uh, I I ugh. we have to. Move I mean, on. <laughs> yeah. I just again, if they make it, I won't be surprised because there's still good pieces in place. If they can get a better goalie, get a better third line center. If they can get more out of the players who've been there before, I'm talking about Timo Meyer specifically. Mm. Really, only Timo Meyer. Uh, there's. It could happen. All right. Uh, Becker, on the whole downtown West development, he said negotiations are still occurring. As of now, the Sharks have not granted rights to their parking lots, A, B, and C, the ones that are attached and across the street from SAP Center. But Becker hinted that a lease extension may be part of the next phase of agreements. And this makes me wonder... Do the Sharks in the city, maybe they talk about a commit to a longer term? And when I say that, it's because you go back to the mid-teens you know, teens and the Sharks signed a deal and it was like, yes, we're, we're absolutely staying here till 2025. But after that, it's going to be year by year through 2040. And for those of you who don't know, San Jose cannot end that agreement. Only the Sharks can. And if the Sharks decide to end that agreement, they have to give a three-year notice. So if like the Sharks wanted to move next year, they would say, yeah, we're out of here. Because 2020-25, we can go. So I'm interested to see if the Sharks, because we've talked about lots A, B, and C a lot, Will the Sharks sign off and say, okay, we're going to hand you over control of these lots. You can build all your stuff. You have to include in your plans some sort of parking structure, whether it's subterranean or, or not. You have to have parking enough for fans to use for games. But if you do all that, because Becker said anything that replaces the parking, it has to be the same or better. I want to know, though, when they do those negotiations, is part of that going to be that the Sharks go, you know what, we're, we're not going to go year by year anymore. Based on what you're doing for us and we want to work with the city, we're going to do three-year increments. You know, It's like, we'll, we'll, we promise to be here through 2025, and if all is well, we'll stay here through 28, and then 31, and then 34, and so on. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It just feels like I, I'm still under a uh, dude. I'm still going to be the guy who sits there and goes, why the city, the sharks, Google, everybody involved. When you look at the plans all around SAP, how a new arena was not part of the plans to me was insanely stupid and short-sighted. It, 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 to me, the thing that's stupid and short-sighted is the city, you know, opening opening the table to Google and not even considering 
their long-term tenant and the I mean, if you ask me, the Sharks, the Sharks have got to be top five money makers for the city. No, uh, dude, Becker has said that they, you know, they generate like, you know, a, a few mil every year for the city. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. it's like, I don't know. I mean, by all accounts, it sounds like things are hopefully starting to smooth out and work out or at least inching towards smoothing out. But. I don't know. I just it, to me, it's still very sus because okay, if you're the city of San Jose, yeah, you know, okay, maybe Google's gonna slide you a hundred million right here, right now, but then that's it. Don't spend it all well, in one it's place. Property tax. Well, okay, but my point being is you're gonna get that big that that golden egg right there, and don't spend it all in one place. Or if you continue to make the sharks happy and you know help them out, you're gonna get a you're you're gonna get three to seven million per year until 2040 not a lot of money to sneeze at i'm just saying <laughs> like you and this is true in business in board games in what anything you always play the long game dude that's it's called recurring revenue long game or late game no. either one works <laughs> Uh, finally, with the Becker announcements, or I should say the media call, Sharks jerseys. Uh, Becker Ooh. said that the Sharks are not ready at this point to announce anything just yet. Hopefully he will be when we talk to him. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, we could sit here and pretend like we're excited for this announcement, but we already know what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, they said that they will have at least one alternate jersey and are considering a secondary one next season. So the Sharks could, in fact, roll four new jerseys next year. Uh, I would. Take if you want to know, send me a DM. There I'll you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, I would understand that to mean that Stealth could, in fact, be returning as I'm wearing it. Now, will it return in its current form? Remains to be seen. Perhaps they replace this crest with a Screaming Shark. I think that would be kind of cool. But if a second alternate is, in fact, added, uh, I think the Sharks would really be screwing the pooch if it did not involve the original logo. Just saying. So let's move around to the NHL. Around the NHL. Do we, do we, Steven, do we have a graphic for that? Oh, thank you, Steven. Appreciate that. Uh, the intern is doing a good job tonight. Uh, the NHL announced that helmet sponsors will not return, or I'm sorry, will return next season. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so we're going to see the stickers on the helmets next year yet again. What a fucking shock. Uh, during the announcement, however, it was confirmed that there will be no advertising added to jerseys next season. Uh, for me, I'm sorry. I just feel like it's not a matter of if, but when. They've already done it on practice jerseys. It's on helmets now. I mean, at this point, you might as just start a pool. Just start a pool as to put. Okay, what year is the are are the NHL going to roll out some sort of advertisement on a jersey? Like, do they work with Adidas to a, replace the logo on the back of the neck with I don't know, fucking a Honda logo? Uh, I I I gotta disagree with you there. I think. With how you're way more optimistic than I. With how much the NHL handles their jerseys with kid gloves, 
especially the original original six, especially anything that's classic. I mean, they they created a whole line of jerseys dedicated to a modern impression of of um, past jerseys. <laughs> Ye old NHL. <laughs> yeah, the NHL handles their jersey pride and jersey designs with kid gloves. I don't see them throwing advertisements on there for that exact reason. All right. Uh, the NHL has also announced that they've hired some uh, narcissistic millennial jerk-off TikTok creator that is evidently going to serve as a special advisor to the NHL as a voice of the fans with the goal of growing the league's youth audience. It's directly from their PR statement. With the which exception, I, which, with the exception of the jerk off thing, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I think that's fine. Like, if you well, hold on, let me finish because I know you're going to have some outrage, dude. Who the fuck is this kid? I've never heard well, of but this that's guy. He's got but millions of followers. Who? But here's the thing. But here's the thing. I'm not they're his audience. Not, they're not trying to. They're not trying to you as a fan. They already did that. <laughs> You've been on. hooked they in. Know, they no longer care about you. They're moving on to the next person. <laughs> They are They're trying no longer to get... coming up to you saying the first dose is free. Yeah, I was gonna say no longer are they not. Hi, buy this. You know, no <laughs> longer. They, they've moved on, but they're trying to reach out to the younger audience, and I'm hundred percent with it. I became a hockey fan as a young person. My earliest me- memory as a Sharks fan is when Nabokov scored a goal. So and as a wee lad, AJ, what year was that that he scored his goal? I want to say 04? No, it wasn't that late. No, wait a minute. There wasn't a season in 04. <laughs> Andy Nabokov scored his goal uh, in 2002. Okay. I was seven years old, and that's my earliest memory as a Sharks fan. So uh, uh, my point wh- being... Where, where did that goal happen, and who was it against? It was against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, where? Puck guy will have to answer that one. Okay. My point being... It was in Vancouver. Go ahead. My point being is that I was a young fan and or I was a young person who successfully became a fan. It's important because now here I am, 26 years old, doing a goddamn podcast about this team. (laughs) The problem is the person they chose. Have you seen some of this hooligans TikToks? I believe there's one where he said, I fucked your bitch and he's flipping off the camera. I don't know many young... I don't know many young people who talk like that. Dude, I saw one where he said, he said like, fuck the Habs. Oh, my God. And I'm going, how is this the person? Like, who who was the girl, like, uh, during COVID who, like, caught a lot of fame for, like, making videos of, like, her wearing different shirts as if she's a different fan of different teams talking to each other and interacting? Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name. She's funny, though. Yeah, she can be funny, right? But it was like, that I would understand. This kid, I like, dude, I mean, I hate to use the phrase punchable face, but holy crap. It is just, I'm sorry, it's just, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but I'm so sick of this, like, group of jerk off like late teenagers early 20s where it's like their whole just goal in life is to be rich and famous for making stupid videos you know what i mean stupid 30 second videos that 
or, or copying videos that other people do in, but they get credit for it because for some reason they have a slightly larger audience. Either way, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Either way, this whole idea of the NHL hiring this little douchebag to try to grow your brand, how fast do we see him no. get the Spanish archer for doing something retarded? No, they're not trying to grow the brand. I mean, they are, but not the brand as a whole. Like they're, they're trying to going... expand their. Yeah, I, I get demographic. what you're saying. Yeah, the demo. Which, and I, I think, get it. And I think it's good that they were doing that. Here's the thing, and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to totally put you on blast here, AJ. Oh, go but, ahead. But okay, I'm in. I'm in <laughs> well, my twenty. Okay, here's what Jerk is about to say, uh, AJ. You sound a little too much like "Get Off My Lawn." Go ahead. Well, no, but what I'm going to say <laughs> is. Okay, I'm in my 20s. You're older than me. Last I checked, yes. So I mean, by that logic, you, do you call are me uncle. <laughs> By that logic, you are not in your 20s. Correct. Why why would you be remotely interested in anything that was designed for people in their 20s? No, I I get what you're saying, but I, you know, I'm able to go back and think about what I was like. That's uh, what real I was quick. That's like not... <laughs> in the 20s. I remember what appeared to me. And really you know quick, what it though. was? Not some douchebag with a stupid haircut trying to tell me what I should and should not like. Fuck but you. But, okay, I should clarify. This person is not for people in their 20s. But point being. Uh, who this the hell guy's... is he for then? He's for people who are teenagers. Yeah, and if teenagers. I was yeah, and if I was a seventeen year old kid and I ran into him in like on the campus, and he was trying to tell me he's I'm an influencer, whatever, dude, he would literally be like, <laughs> I don't want to get into this. There's, out, there's this out. is this is the kind of kid who would have gotten his ass kicked on the regular, trying to act as if you know he's like. Super popular. Look at all the people he I know. It's it. yeah. It's just this whole this whole fucking look at me crowd that I'm like, man. I'm telling you, the, you were the kind of person that got your ass kicked on the regular in high school. This and I and you know what I will say. Like I've out of curiosity, I've seen some of this guy's t- TikToks. I've read what he's the, what he's all about. He's not somebody that I would consider following or listening to at all, but. I'm not who he's trying to reach out to. Therefore, I don't really care what he does. But okay, but the content that you've seen, do you can you sit there and go, eh, okay, I can see where he's going with it, or you just do you just fucking cringe at everyone? Okay, but- I, I looked at like four or five of his videos because I'm sitting there trying to understand it. I want to sit there and go, what is the NHL trying to do? What's this audience they're trying to reach? And I looked at the videos and I'm like, okay, they're trying to reach the absolute morons of you know <laughs> TikTok's audience. But but the thing is, even if it makes even if it makes me like to say like we like to say two things can be true, I can understand where they're coming from, and it can still make me cringe because again it's not for me if i if i tell you hey man um i know you're in i know you're in you know you're in your 40s but you got to watch this episode of barney you're going to be like this has nothing this does nothing for me why the fuck would i watch this well it but it depends on what the episode is you know would you want barney to explain offsides to you no it's not that it's it, <laughs> no, but what exactly i'm saying what no 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 it isn't it's it, yes, it cuz no Shut the fuck up and let me finish. (laughs) 
Dude, it's it's like the Family Guy. The Family Guy, Family Guy will make references across a wide spectrum. And there have been times where they've made a reference about something that happened in I don't know, 2008, and all the millennials or whatever, they'll get it. They'll get the joke. It's very funny. And I'll listen to it and I go, "Yeah, I get what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny." But then they'll make a joke about something that maybe occurred or was a bit, you know, Something in the 80s, like they make a joke about CDs being the new platform for listening to music or the Rubik's Cube or MTV or other things that happened in the 80s. And I can sit there and somebody will sit there that's, you know, part of my unquote demographic and go, dude, check this out. This is hysterical. And I'll look at that and I go, holy shit, that's really funny. But a millennial will look at that and go, I don't get it because they weren't around. But I think I, I do agree with you. But I don't think they would get wound up about it to the point where they talk about it for 20 minutes on a podcast. <laughs> well, see, the whole th- the reason why I'm wound up about it is I just do not see, I don't know, I don't get the benefit of hiring some little narcissistic twat waffle to f- tell people what to think on TikTok. I mean, how many, but it's not, pla- it's- how many platforms have we seen go, go by the wayside? Snapchat. Nobody's nobody's on Snapchat anymore. People fucking hate Facebook right now. Uh, What was the other one? The five second videos or whatever it was. Vine. Yeah, Vine. Yeah, I loved Vine. (laughs) uh, Dude, I loved Vine too for about two seconds. And then, but I look at TikTok and it's like it's the same fucking five videos over again. It's like here's the prank video. Here's the TikTok challenge video that everybody are they're just complete sheep about. Uh, Here's the wait for it video. You know, it's 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 just the same five pieces of crap over and over. So just the the look, I will give NA, the NHL their cookies for trying to appeal to a younger audience. This is not the way to do it. Not I, to hire this little douchebag who's sitting there on, on one of his TikToks saying, oh, I got to wear Tampa. I got to rep it because if I don't, my parents are going to disown me. So, yeah, fuck the Habs. That's that's not the way to grow the game. No, and that I that I will agree with you. Like I said, the to get back to the beginning, you know, I, I think <laughs> like I think they're smart to try and reach out to younger people and you know, it you may not like it, you may not understand it, but like I said, it's not for you, so you don't need to like it or understand it. But the crux of the issue is that the person they want to bridge the gap to the younger people, I would say demographics, I don't know, 12 to 15 maybe, let's just say, this guy, it's not, the problem is not that they're reaching out to young people, the problem is who they chose to reach out to. Exactly. It was kind of like they had the option, it's like, well, we could have gotten a pile of chocolate or we could have gotten a pile of shit. Now, from a certain point of view, they both look the same, Entirely different things. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, 28-year-old, boom, age does make a difference. Ryan Nugent Hopkins signed a extension with the Edmonton Oilers, eight years at 5.1 per. Is this a steal, Jerk? It feels like it. I mean, is this guy taking less money in exchange for term because it is an eight-year deal? Do we see Nathan McKinnon taking a similar deal? Do we see this as the start of something across the league where guys are willing to take a little bit less money for a little bit longer term, but also to stay with a team that they think is ready 
to get the big shiny thing. Well, and that's the thing is I think just looking at the deal itself, like I, and I've seen a couple of people say, Oh, it's eight years. It's like, well, who cares? Because number one, he's 28. Number two, he's got no prior injury history. Number three, he's a good player. So Yay. I'm not really sure what the problem is. You, he took a haircut on the cap hit. He, he took almost a million dollar, uh, discount, which in the grand scheme of things, maybe one million compared to eighty-one and a half million is not that big, but a million dollars. We're talking a top six winger, yeah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so, well, and the reason why I ask is like, what's Timo Meyer getting? Six. Point made. Well, difference between you know, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has never scored thirty goals before. Okay, but All right. but that's not that. the point. Well, he didn't have Joe Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> My point being, though, is that it's okay. Is it a little lengthy? Maybe, but he's not some bag of bones, and he's not. I'm you not know, saying uh, that, but I'm no, ta- I'm not either. But I'm my whole thing of- is like, do you think a better deal for the Oilers is eight by five or six by six? I mean, I would say probably six by six, just because it you're saving. You're, 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 it ends earlier, and it's only a million more. But that's the the point is is not. It's not about. It shouldn't be about how long deals are. It's about the cost within the within a specific year. That million dollars that they're going to save can eat. You know, they can pick up a quality player like that. Um a really good player for really cheap. Let's look at Tampa Bay and let's look at Montreal under a million dollars. Barkley Goodrow. Hello. Oh, um, absolutely. But you know, just, Blake, you know, it's just on. a point being is that, you know, if, if you're a, you know, a middle line guy, you know, you're, you're not playing the top line, but you you know, you're a decent second line winger. It's the option is, well, I can sign for five years at, I don't know, you know, $4 million per year with, you know, Toronto, Tampa, Colorado. Or, you know, I can sign for eight years for for a little bit more. Like, I can get all this big money, but I get that big fat term, but it's with Arizona. You know what I mean? Like you, you have a little bit more job security and financial security, but you know you're going to be on a team that's going to suck. I just think I think it's a good deal because, you know, take away the years from it. It's it's less less money per year, which is a win. He can play center or left wing, so he's a versatile player. He chips in offensively. And I would make the argument that he's gotten even better the last three years. So you look and say, wow, five and a quarter million. But if he goes to UFA on July 28th, somebody is throwing him seven million dollars. And why I bring that up is, again, this shows you see this. You're seeing this right here with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You saw it with Nathan McKinnon as well. Mm -hmm. If you like where you are. Stay. Dance with the one that brung you. You know, the like, there are plenty other ways to make money aside from your contract endorsement deals, sponsorships. If you 
are Connor McDavid and you well, go. But that's on, the thing. I'm sure it's probably a lot easier to find an endorsement deal in Edmonton when you're a hockey player than it is in Arizona. But even, but that's a but that's the thing. These companies are national are national. If you're you know who's a, who's a random player? Hold on, on Arizona? The, if these are not national. Uh, last I checked, every team in the NHL had the same companies they get equipment from. And when was the last time you saw an ad for them? That's not the point. The it point is I'm the point. To... You just said no, it was a on. national you're... thing. Because you're not letting me finish. Connor Garland. Do you know who Connor Garland is? Who? He plays for the Arizona. He plays for the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> if he goes on a podcast or his regional sports channel, and if he is, if he goes on there and says, you know, I really like the way my CCM helmet fits. CCM is going to call him up and say, hey, every helmet you want free for the rest of your life. No, and, and I get that, but I'm just saying, I remember a long time ago, like 2000-ish, I would see a commercial on ESPN, national broadcast throughout the U.S., and it's Joe Thornton buying a pair of hockey skates. You know, even all the way, I'm all the way out here in San Jose, it's this Boston player and it's these guys at Foot Locker or wherever the hell it was, but it was a national ad. When was the last time you saw a hockey player in a national ad? Well, like, that's on the NHL, well, huh? Well, that's on the that's on the NHL no, and on the teams. It's on it, and and on the player's agent. Yeah, <laughs> get him that and, deal. And I know, I I know that you you may you know <laughs> you may you may crawl out of your skin when I hear this, but say say what you want about this person this player you know who has a really good agent if you say Mikhail Bodker Eric Carlson <laughs> oh what a shock no because and because I know this is you know he's gone corporate as we like to say <laughs> as but, you like but, to say but look at Eric Carlson's Twitter like there are numerous tweets where he's like you know oh hanging out at Santana Row need to get some coffee thank goodness I got my American Express card you may look and say, "Wow, corporate t- corporate tool," but how much how much cash got slid his way just for tw- tweeting American Express? And you know what? You make a fantastic point because back when Joe Thornton did that, social media didn't exist. The whole influencer society idea didn't exist. You you dude, you you just flipped the script on me. Yeah, uh, it, it, dude, it's, not- it's the whole influencer idea because kids or the people that they're trying to impress, they're not watching a national broadcast. They're on Instagram. Well, also, who who watches TV, right? Name somebody. I don't know. Like <laughs> you, Right here. If you love cars as much as I do, have a chance to come join me at the BMW M School in Thermal, California. Eric Carlson tweeted that a couple years ago. Like, there, yep. You know, it's... It's not that the corporate spon- the, the endorsements the- are not there. It's that the avenue is different because it is it's like me. If you're watching, say I'm watching a hockey game, I'm watching it on the stream, and it just says commercial break in progress. If I'm watching something on now, TV, like a now, it shows sure. that. If you did NHL Center Ice seven eight years ago, you saw all the ads from the local market. True, but what I'm what I'm saying is it says commercial break in progress on the on the stream. If I want to watch a TV show. Again, streaming it on the computer where there's no commercials, or I'm watching it on YouTube TV and I fast forward the commercials. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think the point you're making is absolutely perfect. And the thing that have them. <laughs> the thing that really uh, kind of hits the nail on the head is that you've got Eric Carlson 
making those 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 posts that you mentioned. I remember when Brent Burns first arrived to San Jose, he was like, "Hey, look into mountain bike. Anybody know any good trails? Want to meet?" He didn't name a trail. He didn't name what bike he owned. He was like, "Hey, I just want to roll." Yeah. So no, I totally get what you're saying. But um, even then, if you but if Brent Burns, do you if you follow Brent Burns on Instagram, look at those guy that guy's Instagram stories. He's always you know, propping people up. Oh like, yeah. Like brands. Yeah. Um, and so just to follow up on this, because, and I'm going to need you to vamp on this for like 30 seconds reports out of Vegas, say flurry is willing to take a team friendly deal to remain in Vegas. Now it's probably a little different because McKinnon RNH little younger, but again, is this kind of a trend we might see? I think so. Just because, of the COVID impact on everything, like I said, if you want to be somewhere, you're going to have to take whatever they can give you. So from the player's perspective, there's kind of no choice there. But at the same time, it's, I don't know, I just think, I think that's what it boils down to. The more I think about it, it's just, it's all about if you want to be somewhere. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take whatever you can give me because I like being here so much you know and i and i think that's important you know and and it always like i always just wonder about these players who sign these big ticket extensions when they've never even lived in the city before it's like how do you know you know so i i think what it boils down to is if you like being somewhere you just take whatever you can get there's no well this is my target and i'm gonna go elsewhere like and i think a lot of that you know the the lack of funding due to COVID, I think, has forced that sort of thinking to be come into the forefront. All right. Let's uh, bang these out. <laughs> Arizona Coyotes named Andre Turnier. Sure. Sure. Uh, new head coach, coach of the Ottawa 67s hockey for the last three years, coach Sasha Schmlevsky. And an assistant with Hockey Canada Gold Medal. Whoa, that big team this spring where he worked with one Mr. Super Mario Ferraro. Could be interesting there. The LA Kings have acquired forward Victor Arvinson from the Nashville Predators in exchange for their second round selection in 2021 and a third rounder in 2022. Uh, does this make things a little more interesting for LA? Like, do you think with that acquisition, it's kind of like, yeah, we've still got some pieces here. We've got Kopitar, we've got Brown, and yeah, okay, Quick is still here, but we, you know. But the thing is, Dowdy's still there. They want to win. Does this accelerate things for them, just to scotch when you look at their pipeline? I think so because, and it, it should also be said, Rob Blake, their general manager. Who, by the way, I think Rob Blake is turning out to be a very good NHL general manager. I would totally agree. Um, so, like you look at Blake and Sackick and what they've done, you're kind yeah. of going, you know what? So, you know, like kudos. It's a, yeah. it's the opposite of like what Patrick Waugh did behind the bench <laughs> or Gretzky. <laughs> I, I think it, it makes like the, the LA Kings, their plan this off season is to acquire two top six forwards. So they're not done. Yeah. There's one more coming down. People are saying Jack Eichel. I say we'll see. But this is the interesting, and this is the point that I've made with the Sharks and with the Golden Knights many times over. And I'll ask you this, AJ, just as a 
person who likes when their sports team wins. Yeah, whip it out. Would you rather have a draft pick and use it on somebody who will score 30 goals for you in four years? Or would you rather trade that draft pick for somebody who will score 30 goals for you right now? Yeah, it depends on where my team is at at the moment. Your team is trying to win games. Oh, well then, yeah, you go for the right now. My point exactly. Yeah. Step number two. Like, there's this weird love affair with draft picks. First of all, draft picks are magic beans. Let's start right there. Which Doug Wilson has admitted multiple times. He said draft picks are currency. Yeah, and that's the thing. Some people are really in love with draft picks for some reason, but, you know, you as we've seen, you know, you can you can take Milan Mahalik in round one and then throw away a seventh on Joe Pavelski. Well, and I can understand why Doug Wilson would think that draft picks are quote-unquote currency because how many are. draft picks <laughs> are the, have the Sharks pissed away in the second and third rounds under his tenure? <laughs> Hasn't been good. So I can get yeah, that, but, uh, that mindset. But, I, that's a that's a weak argument to make though because well, Doug Wilson I doesn't mean, Doug Wilson doesn't do the scouting or the draft pick selection. I, Moving on. Well, okay, but um, it's the you know the group that he's employed, and I get the whole idea right. of like should we take the you know give up a pick that is an unknown versus something that we feel like is a bit of a known, and I right. get that. And also, you know, even if you are one of those people who are in love with draft picks, let's just say. The L.A. Kings, before this trade, the L.A. Kings had two 2021 seconds and two 2022 thirds. They had an extra of each. So you're taking one of each and you're sliding them over to Nashville for Victor Arvidsson. That's all right. You still got an extra pick in each round. You're chilling. No, I'm dealing with it. And I think real quick from Nashville's perspective – I think they were a bit concerned that they were going to get bent over um, in the expansion draft. So better to get something for someone than lose them for nothing. Absolutely. But this does make me think that LA is maybe looking at their, at their roster and going, yeah, no, we thought we might've been a year away, but no, we might be able to go now. And, and if they can, you know, I'm still not, totally convinced that they make it happen but i think they're one of the top teams that could make it happen if jack if jack eichel becomes an la king that certainly accelerates things (laughs) you think and 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 (laughs) you know it's the the kings have done you know they've done really well you know ever since you know the sharks kind of dummied them in 2016 and sent them off into obscurity but since then they've done really good at accumulating future assets and now those ass now those future assets look like they're going to be right now assets i mean everybody talks about quinton byfield and you know Andre kopitar and and alex turcott yeah. but nobody's mentioned you know people say oh byfield turcott nobody's mentioned akil thomas nobody's mentioned gabe velarde Andre kopitar is still there as is dowdy as is and that's the thing Dowdy people were sleeping on. Well, I feel like if they just if they're able to dial back Dowdy's minutes just to scotch, kind of like the way they did a little bit with Burns this season, like use him in that that could be key. And that's the thing, like people were starting to people were starting to tire of Drew Dowdy, but he had a really good year this year. Slow slow start, but absolutely. Yeah, and and as we've talked about before, you know, people were really starting to get sick of Dustin Brown. 
the minute he got fired, the minute Daryl Sutter got fired, Dustin Brown was back to the player he was before Daryl Sutter got hired. You know, <laughs> makes you think. Yeah, it makes you wonder. And, and, and so, makes you think that Calgary not going to make the playoffs this season. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the thing is is it's I don't know. I think LA's done a lot of really good things, and and so you say you could see LA fight for the final spot in in the division. I at, not, at first, maybe not even the final spot. Like could be third. At first, I was a little suspect, but you know they're they're going into this off season with the idea of acquiring two top six forwards. I don't know about you, but if this is another we'll see take a step back season, you're not trading for top right. six forwards. Right. And when I say that and I just realized what I said, I'm like, you're saying like, you know, maybe the la the you know, that final spot. And I'm like, yeah, third, which for most people is the final spot, but that's in my head thinking that, you know, the Pacific and the Central both go four four. I don't think right. that's gonna happen this year. I think the Central's gonna send five and the Pacific's gonna send three. So yeah. Yeah. Um we know the expansion draft is coming up in a couple of weeks. The Sharks still need at least one more forward under contract for the exposure rules. Um, but this is something that popped in my head, and I wanted to ask you about it. Joe Pavelski turns 37 years old a week from yesterday. With Pavelski having just one year left on his contract, it makes sense for Dallas to expose him, but does it make sense for Seattle to take him and help set the tone and culture for a new franchise? No. Okay then. Because, Moving on. Because <laughs> this 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 past year was a shit show for Dallas. It was it was an anomaly, and by all accounts, they they want to be back in the playoff hunt next year. They're not going to expose their best player for nothing. Really? Number two, you don't think? Okay. Interesting. No way. Interesting. It, all right. I'm just. But that's why I floated out there. No. No way. He, they want to be. They want to make the playoffs next year. Why would they do that? And because, I mean, you have to give pieces away, you know, or you, you have to expose pieces, you know, do you think that Dallas is going to say, Hey, you know what? You had an amazing 2021. Let's give you, let's throw you a couple more years on your 37 year old, you know? No, that's no, that's not to say that they're going to extend him, but Hey, you had a great 2021. We want you to have a great 2022 so that you can help us get back to the playoffs. Okay. They're not going to dump him for nothing. And they got plenty of guys. They I mean, you know, they can they can expose there's so many guys they can expose to fulfill those requirements. They're not even I wouldn't even trip on it. But also you're saying, you know, help build Seattle's culture, you know, why are you going to have the face of your franchise be there for one year? I get that, but I still think there's something to be said for what Pavelski can do in a room. Sure. But again, if you bring in Pavelski and and you know he's the guy in the room and the face of your franchise, and then he's gone after one year, everybody's kind of going to be like, well, well, I'm, hey, I'm not saying he's gone after one year. I'm just saying that you bring him in to start it. Maybe you sign him to another year deal after that. See what happens. I just think if Dallas lets Pavelski go for nothing, I think their GM should be fired. Based on Pavelski's performance in the COVID playoffs in this past season. Based on, but yeah, even no, I I, I I would agree with you. That's a and that's kind of the point that I'm kind of trying to make. It's like that's still a valuable piece. Everybody's just like, oh my god, he's going to be 37 years old, and it's like, bitch, have you looked at his stats over the last 16 months of hockey? 
Yeah, that's the thing. Is like he's still good. Yeah, right. You know, and so, so good that maybe the shark should have kept him. Don't and like, well, and <laughs> Pat, Pat is saying as well, if Dallas was even close to healthy, they're a playoff team, and I. 100% agree. Their team oh, was dude. their team was shredded by injuries. Shredded they by injury, the the fucking the, the the multiple covid outbreaks, the state literally froze over for like a week. Yeah. I mean, the amount of uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, it just seemed like the NHL just kept saying, "You know what? Your uphill battle isn't uphill enough. Let's just change that trajectory a little bit." Well, so and here's the thing. <laughs> Tyler Sagan, their number one center, Tyler Sagan, played three games out of 56. Uh, their top right winger, Alexander Radulov, played 11 games out of 56. Their number one goalie, Ben Bishop, played zero out of 56 games. And the oldest guy on the team led the team in goals, assists, power play points, points, like, holy crap. That's what I'm saying. You know, Sagan's healthy, Radulov is healthy, Ben Bishop is healthy, you know, why let go of a guy who's already on a contract anyway? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's and and that's such a that's such a fan driven narrative too that like you know teams should be afraid of players as soon as the as soon as the calendar flips to thirty. <laughs> it, it's right. such a fan driven narrative that's so stupid. Not exactly fan driven. I mean, no, it's where, a little bit, but where do the fans get a lot of their takes? From Facebook. What, Facebook, but let's be honest. There have been times when when people like Wisniewski or, or Wisniewski, whatever the hell his name is, you know, those guys, they hear it in different... They're not coming up with these takes on their own. They're hearing these in different hallways. But anyway. But the thing is, to put a bow on that, you know, why are you going to listen to what a New Jersey Devils fan has to say about the Sharks? Because he's on ESPN and he has a national platform, so you think he knows something. Well, you know what? Donald Trump had a national platform, and what happened? And we just got political. Okay, so <laughs> Avocado Flight asking, what do you think Thornton's going to do? Uh, I think Thornton is going to say, I still want to play, and he's going to hope that one of 32 teams said, okay, would you like to play for us for the absolute bare minimum? I think... I think he's either going to come back to Doug Wilson with his tail tucked between his legs or he's going to go to Switzerland. Or those are option number one and two. Option number three is some team who thinks that they have a chance at sniffing um, playoffs. You know what? I, you know, if if you're going to be outraged, you may as well leave now. But cap-strapped team needs well, some quality minutes. Hold on. Cap-strapped team needs some quality minutes on the fourth line good guy in the room maybe joe thornton's a fit in for the las vegas knights well, chief chief can go play in europe right and say yeah. and the trade he, deadline you know everything happens in march he can just sign with it whatever team he wants to yay that is correct as long as he signs before the trade deadline yeah he can he can sign and play in the playoffs and the thing to note about joe thornton as well is Joe Thornton is technically a citizen of Switzerland, which means he can play for his team, Davos, and not count for an import slot. So if you, you know, if, if you're betting, if you're, you know, you're a betting man, give me your take on Marlowe and Thornton. Like who come Halloween, who are both of these players playing for? 
And I are think, they still playing for that same team the day after the trade deadline? I don't think the question should be who are they playing for. I think the question should be are they playing? <laughs> Yikes. Joe Thornton. Are, like Bo- are, oh, are Marlowe and Thornton in the NHL come Halloween? Marlowe, I would say probably not. Thornton, I would say maybe. All right. And does e- do either of them are okay. So there you go. Halloween, Thornton, no. Marlowe, maybe. Other way around. I'm sorry. Okay. Marlowe, no. Thornton, maybe. And that makes sense. I get that. All right. Come uh, April Fool's Day. Same? Different? I would say maybe for both. All right. Because I could see, you know, maybe Marlowe doesn't sign with somebody right away, but if he spends the whole season, you know, crushing it in the gym, I could see a team throw him a contract at the trade deadline because, like we've said before, you know, people say, oh, this guy is only a fourth-line player now. And it's like, well, you need players on your fourth line, so why the hell not? And But it's that idea of giving opportunity to a 22-year-old versus a 42-year-old. But I'm not talking about the Sharks. No, I'm just I'm just talking in general. The but, league overall, maybe there's some other team that goes, you know what, uh, you know we're we're pretty happy with our top nine, but you know our bottom three has just been kind of like we just haven't been able to. You you know what, you getting a guy who is seen it all, done it all, somebody who can be a mentor, kind of some stability on that fourth line. You know what. Patrick Marlowe at $750,000 or whatever it's prorated at. Yeah. That's something that we're willing to take a flyer on. And that's, and that's the thing. Say what you want about Corey Perry. Montreal's in a totally different position if they don't have Corey Perry. Oh, absolutely. Same with, same with, same with Eric Stahl. I literally went on Twitter last night and stopped short of calling Eric Stahl a statue with cement skates, (laughs) but he's still been very, you know, a, positive piece for Montreal to have. Dude, dude, and I mentioned you have Vegas. no idea how much it upsets me that I have to root for Corey Perry. I've always liked Corey Perry. I, I, I mean, mean he, I he's kind of the biggest fan. He's kind of a <laughs> weasel, but you know, I, I do generally like him as a player. Um, but the thing and why I mentioned Vegas earlier, like look at, okay, yes, you're going to say, you're going to say Joe Thornton, you know, his stats last year were above what they should have been. Like he, he punched up. And I would say that's probably true, but I still, I still think Joe Thornton is a quality, you know, fourth line guy. You can roll him out on the second power play. I think a team who's up against the cap that wants to push for a Stanley Cup will sign somebody like Joe Thornton. Vegas, Tampa Bay, Washington Capitals. Okay. Teams like that. All right. Uh, we so have to move on. We are over two hours already. This is already the longest show we've ever done. Uh, so quick hits, uh, condolences of course to, and I'm, I know that I'm going to mispronounce this, but I'm going to try it anyway. Matisse Kivlinix. Was I even close to that? I'm not too sure. All right. Well, you're all aware of it. You know, the Columbus blue jackets lost a member of their roster due to a horrific, evidently, uh, fireworks accident. So stick taps to them. Uh, something that Ian Reed pointed out earlier today, uh, will the NHL have to give Columbus an exemption because he may have been somebody that was exposed and now obviously 
that piece no longer in place. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> a lot of dates have been announced over the last week or so. The Seattle Kraken expansion draft is on July 21st. The NHL draft on July 23rd. Both events will be broadcast on ESPN2, as we mentioned earlier. The list of exposed players should be out by July 17th. It should also be noted that while it has not been announced yet, the NHL schedule for next season, usually that's released within two weeks of the cup being awarded. So keep an eye out for that. Wouldn't surprise me if, in fact, Tampa wins the next game and ends this in five if we do not see an, an NHL schedule released before the exposed players list on July 17th or the NHL. They love to spend an hour to announce two minutes worth of information. Maybe they do both on the same day. I don't know. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame will induct the class of 2020, which does include Doug Wilson as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. On November 15th, the 2022 Winter Classic between the Wild and Blues will happen on New Year's Day at Target Field, home of the Minnesota Twins. As predicted by one hockey jerk. Hello? Hello. <laughs> Las Vegas will be your 2022 NHL All-Star and host. Can you, by any chance, I don't know if you have the information out in front of you. Can you let everybody know when I put that out there? Uh, What, 2017? No, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Um, Felt like it. I tweeted it out October 31st, 2019. Hey, now. now. I, was, I was off by a year. But I still had it, so I'm saying. just saying to the to the person who tweeted me and said, uh, "LOL, I would love to know the source." Um, I got your source right here, pal. Yeah, I was gonna say, give me a call. Uh, <laughs> my phone number will be on the screen. There you go. Uh, Any uh, <laughs> you flipped me with that one? Uh, Nissan Stadium, home of the NFL Tennessee Titans, will host a Stadium Series game between the Lightning and Predators on February 26th of next year. And finally, the Heritage Classic Outdoor Game will be played next March, date TBD. So there you go. Uh, I think it's also I think it's also interesting. Well, first of all, I just want to say, if everything goes according to plan, I will be at the Winter Classic next year. And now. Um, also, I think it's very interesting that the NHL has deferred Florida hosting the All-Star game and Carolina hosting a stadium series game. If I had to guess, by no means am I saying this will happen. If I had to guess, Florida gets the All-Star game in 2023 and Carolina also hosts an all, uh, outdoor game in 2023 just because if this COVID season had not happened, sir, those two things I mentioned would have happened this year. Sir, can you deliver those receipts to my Twitter feed? I would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> So let's wrap this thing up. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Again, stick taps. Congratulations to Anthony and Jerry. But uh, the giveaways that we are doing over the summer work like this. Subscribe to us here on YouTube. And I will even throw the graphic up for you one more bajillionth time. Subscribe here on YouTube. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whichever podcast platform you use. Subscribe on those. Give us five stars. Nice review. And then send us a screenshot of each one. 
your follow on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook, whatever, your subscription, your rating, your review, DM those screenshots to at Pucknologists, not Teal Town USA, at Pucknologists, because I don't want to inundate everybody else. With the, I'm not the only one on Teal Town USA. So send those. Each screenshot will be an entry. The more entries that you have, the more chances you have to win, obviously. Doing signed pucks, we're doing jersey nameplates, bobbleheads, mini lockers, shirts, what have you. Anthony won a pristine grouping of baseball cards along with an oversized Owen Nolan autographed card. Uh, Jerry got himself a playoff pin along with a, uh, what? not open water, what, what, what was the gray one? That had the um, bones in the SJ on the shoulder. That was I think a, that was open water. No. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Because I'm thinking uprising. Yeah. So Jerry got an open water uh, jersey along with a playoff pin. So those are our first two winners. And uh, stay tuned for a little bit later tonight. I didn't. I did not spin the wheel before tonight. So I'm gonna spin the wheel here. And oh, look at that, Lanical. Our buddy Lanical has one for tonight. So Lanical, be reaching out to you. There you go. So congrats to the people that have won so far. If you want to win, that's the way you do it. Uh, TealTownUSA.com is your place to find the rest of all of our stuff, including a recent article I posted about Adidas needing to stop calling their jerseys authentic. The ones that you purchase at Dick's on Fanatics, on NHLshop.com, at the Shark Store. Stop calling those authentic. They aren't. You know what's authentic? The one that I'm wearing. The one that on the back of the tag says Made in Canada. So go check that, that article. Speaking of Fanatics, it's time for our Tweet of the Week. Who doesn't love a tweet? <laughs> and just to show you how much Fanatics continues to suck this, coming to us from Evan Shears. My girlfriend bought me an NHL Fanatics Suzuki jersey. It came Sakuzi. They replaced it when we reported it. And now the replacement's nameplate is already coming off after like a week. They won't send us another one. What are we supposed to do to get an actual quality official jersey? I, how do you answer this? Uh, I look, mean, I don't... Dude, I, Fanatics is shit. We all know this. It's been proven time and time again. There's a reason why the Twitter account at Fanatics Sucks exists. But to make things even worse, like, dude, the quality of the Adidas, quote unquote, Indonesians, you know, authentic... Those suck too. I've seen everybody I see they they complain because they're too narrow in the shoulders and they like the sh these jerseys were built to fit Russian nesting dolls and people are not built like that. I just don't think we should be surprised at this point, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's that's, going to keep that's... it it's going to keep happening. You know, <sighs> it's there's, you know, clearly you know, they're, and this is my biggest complaint about fanatics in general is like, it's just, there's no, like, I think, and where this is the same for wherever you work, not just fanatics. Like, like if you work at, 
and uh, anywhere, you know, if you work at a store that sells electronics, so a, re- a retail probably, outlet, you should probably know a thing or two about electronics. You know, if you if you are the part of the warehouse that puts together hockey jerseys, which you have the license for, by the way, <laughs> you should probably know. At the very least, even if you don't know how names are spelled, you should probably have a master list. Here, here's, uh, well, yes. You should have a master goddamn list. But the other thing is, we've literally seen pictures of photos, or pictures of photos, isn't that kind of the same thing? We've seen pictures of jerseys where the nameplate was sewn on upside down. Do, do, remember Snossus? Mm-hmm. I've seen burns on a jersey sewn upside down. Like, how? Do you make that mistake? That yeah, it's just there's zero quality control. I just I I don't like I don't understand why you would spend your money on anything at NHL shop, fanatics, whatever. Like at the very least, you would go through the team store. But here's the problem: some of, well, a lot of these team stores. I mean, jerk. I think you're a little bit familiar with this. Is that an Adidas jersey? will come into a store, but the, even though it's Adidas and it's been, you know, it comes from Adidas, it must be pro and blah, blah, blah. And the kit, the name and number, specifically the number, it's shitty vinyl. It's not even tackle twill, even though it came from Adidas. Yeah, that's the thing, is Adidas is also cheaped on the customization kits for their jerseys as well. <sighs> I just... I just feel like this whole thing that started in 07 with the edge and just all of a sudden there's a third jersey when it used to be replica, what the guys were on the ice. And then all of a sudden, no, here's this kind of Indonesian one in the middle that, you know, kind of tries to split the difference. No, if it's now, look, if you're a fan of fanatics and you're willing to live with the garbage product they put out, Dude, no judgment. Go ahead. If that's if that's your deal, absolutely. Go ahead. It bums me out to see anybody support a company that is that horrible at quality control and uh, inventory management and everything that they fuck up. But if that's your if that's your jam, go for it. Just like uh, if buying a Chinese knockoff is your jam, because let's be honest, it's not that different from Fanatics or the Adidas. Unless that says made in Canada. So whatever. Like I'm tired of talking about this at this point. It's just kind of like, you know what? If it doesn't say made in Canada, fuck off. Uh, You can follow him at hockey jerk. Actually, I should say follow him at hockey underscore jerk because on the pucknologist, we respect everything, especially the underscore. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. If you have any questions or topics along with screenshots for your entries, boom, send them to at Pucknologist on Twitter. Don't forget to join us on our Discord channel where the chat never stops. And you can check out the show notes for the link. Don't forget to join us in just two nights. Hockey Jerk, you can't get enough of them. And so you're going to get some more on Wednesday with teal tinted glasses. Go check that out. This is the final Pucknologist of the 2021 season. We will see you all after week one of the Sharks 21-22 schedule. But keep an eye out 
for Teal Town Live when breaking news happens with the San Jose Sharks. Jerk, your famous last words until 48 hours from now. (laughs) Well, the season was a hell of a ride. All right, good Um, for you. So, uh, (laughs) Um, I mean, definitely a lot of things we never thought we would see, we saw. So I guess in a way that made it interesting. Um, But interesting doesn't mean good. So So I guess we'll see you next year. No doubt. Uh, my famous last words is, uh, has everybody seen Joe Pavelski's stats this past year? <laughs> uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, whatever podcast app you use. Find everything on tealtownusa.com. Remember to check out our After Dark post-game show that follows every single Sharks game once the season starts up. And that is our show. We thank you very much for listening to a nearly two and a half hour episode of Puck. Well, to be fair, we went this long because this is going to, it's going to take you between now and October to listen to this entire show. Make sense? (laughs) (laughs) So we thank you for watching and listening to episode 135 of the Pucknologists here on Teal Town USA nothing else happened right like we're good like there's been no COVID outbreak montreal hasn't burned down we're all fine nothing feels good so uh final things to look forward to again we're gonna have some draft stuff coming up and once the draft is finished between the seattle expansion draft between the nhl draft following that very quickly will be a one-on-one with Drew Remenda to get his take on how the San Jose Sharks fared and all of that. The other thing I wanted to uh, call out to everybody, and I think this is a date that Hockey Jerk might have tattooed on his ass. Dude, July 28th, yay? Yeah, I could see it be a good day. Uh, Yeah, free agent frenzy, my people. Not Canada Day any longer. Not this year. July 28th. Free agent frenzy. Expect to see Teal Town USA either shouting from the rooftops like, Oh my God, they did this. Or, Oh my God, they did that. Well, and I'll tell you this. We are in... um, We're uh, coming upon a potentially exciting time because, for those who don't know, the window... The window to buy players out of their contracts opens 48 hours after the Stanley Cup is handed <coughs> out. Martin Jones. Martin Jones. So. You know could, what? Hold on. To finish this up, who do you get to play, replace Martin Jones? Is it an upgrade? Like, Shane did a whole f- article where it was like Cam Talbot. He, he named like five different people. And I, Braden Holtby. And I looked at it. I'm like, based on what you would have to spend versus what you're already going to buy out Jones. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Like, you might as well just wave Jones, put Kozenash up, and, like, go, yeah, well, there was nothing better out there. Yeah, I... At least, you know, like, value per dollar. I mean, I look at the fact that how the last three years, I'm pretty sure Jones is, like, 60th out of 60 for NHL goalies in terms of stats. No, I, so, I get what you're saying, but it's here. Here's and, and maybe I'm getting this wrong, but it's this idea of say that the Sharks 
buy out Jones. And what's that hit to the cap? It's like it's like 189, then like 2.1, 2. Point something, and then like 176, 176, 176, blah, 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 blah. So let's say that four shits a giggle. What, what's Chief making now? Like 575? Jones? Yeah. Yeah, 575. Okay. So, let you know, just again, for, you know, the, the next couple of years are the ones that matter. And those are the ones that are going to be the biggest cap hit from Jones. So it's going to be close to two mil. So you're already going to have two mil down. And let's say that you get Braden Holtby for the next two years for three mil or three, you know, three, three twenty five. Well, shit, you're already paying the same amount of money. Correct. But Braden Holtby is better than Martin Jones. But is he that much better? Yes. Like, what about Cam yes. Talbot? Yes. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll just keep naming go- uh, Kudobin. Yes. All right, then. My point is, everybody <laughs> is better than Martin Jones. <laughs> and that's not, that's not me saying that to try and be funny. That's legitimate, legitimately true. <laughs> it's so sad. And, and you know what? Haters, haters will say that Braden Holpe had a brutal year this year statistically. You know who had a brutal year? The entire Canucks team. You so. are not wrong, sir. And we will end uh, with the final comment, Felix. At this point, this show is going to end when the next season begins. <laughs> you're not wrong, sir. By the way, I should let you know, if you're fans of the 49ers, I got these jerseys for you. <laughs> Slide into my DMs, baby. 49ers released their new jerseys yesterday, and they are mm, chef's kiss. Thanks for checking us out. See you in October.